Hello. Welcome. We are the three intern ministers at Community Church of New York in Manhattan. We three interns are Unitarian Universalists in the process of becoming ordained clergy. In this podcast, we delve into the life of an intern minister. We explore the ways our lives and internships intersect and how this is ministerial formation. I'm Megan Henry. I'm Anthony Cruz. I'm Carrie McAvoy. And we're... Ready Up! Hi, Megan. Who are you? Hey, Anthony. I'm good. Hi, Carrie. Hello. Look at us. We came back. I can't believe we're already engaging in this conversation, episode two of our podcast. Um, Last week was just amazing to record with all of you. And I don't know about you, but I've been just reminiscing about the anniversary of our global pandemic lockdown and the different congregations that began to close, right? Um, In particular months when new ministers were coming in, when they were getting hired maybe for the first time um, or some that have a more tenured experience. And here we are already seven months into our internship at Community Church of New York and reading the survey that we sent out to different avenues, um, websites and colleague networks, I was just thinking about what does it mean to be an intern in a pandemic and how does that relate to ministerial presence? Any thoughts? (laughs) that's a really good question (laughs) I've definitely been thinking about it a lot it's like nonstop. um you know just this idea of well first of all you know we have the pandemic and you know it's almost impossible to even if you wanted to escape thinking about the anniversary for here in the U.S. of the you know when we really started to lock down a year ago um, everywhere I turn on social media or listening to podcasts, I'm hearing people talking about, you know, this anniversary and the different things that have happened in the past year. And of course, that's led me to think so much about what it's been like to enter into an internship as an intern minister in a UU congregation um, here in New York City at the Community Church of New York and being like, oh, I don't actually have I don't know these folks. I don't know the congregation. I don't know the members. I know um, one or two of the staff people because I've met them, you know, prior, but now here we are trying to get to know people. And um, hi, Moxie. My kitty cat Moxie is visiting because she heard me talking. Um, so yeah, just what what is this, um, what is this like and what does it mean to be an intern minister during this time of things being online and virtual church? Has been a lot on my mind, um, but before I like go too deep into that, um, what well, is there anything that either of you is is popping for either of you about it? Well, I've been working a lot with um, the director of religious education, and we meet every week. And it was a couple of months ago that 
that we realize we don't even know how tall each other are. Like, what do we look like from the waist down? We have no idea. <laughs> Just how, <laughs> how bizarre that is to be working with someone so closely mm-hmm. and yet really not uh, knowing very like just this much of their physical appearance. So um, it's, it's a challenge for sure, getting to know people uh, through this Zoom format. It's a challenge. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's as yourself, right? As you mentioned, just really navigating the complexities around what does it mean to come into a new congregation um, with whom we might have, might not had a prior relationship. And so we are entering into the unknown and trying to feel our bodies, feel ourselves, our emotions, um, our prior theological formation up until that time, maybe having had clinical pastoral education or not, and jumping in here. Into, into this congregation and at the same time repeating the cycle of trying to hold the congregation, hold the different members, hold the visitors um, and trying to create an atmosphere and an environment that is welcoming, that is just allowing for all of that just to be. And in that whole process, trying to ask questions like the one that we utilize to begin our conversation, what is ministerial presence? And how does that look like utilizing technology? And as Carrie, you highlighted, not having um, a form of relationality that's also physical, but it's completely for the last seven months grounded in just Zoom. Yeah, I think for me, a, a big part of the, the struggle that I have around this idea of ministerial presence is that I think that it is so cultural. And what it means to be a minister and what people think a minister is supposed to be like is, I, I imagine, changes so much from even just geographic locations within Unitarian Universalist congregations in the U.S. alone, right? And then you bring into it like... Um, you know, there's you know, obviously there are Unitarians and Universalists who are in other countries as well. And I think that the minister, like what is expected of a minister in different countries would be different from the US, but also from one religion to the next, it can be different. So what is a UU ministerial presence? And what is a UU ministerial presence in New York City, as opposed to Washington DC, or as opposed to Portland, Oregon? or as opposed to like Erie, Pennsylvania, which was near where I grew up and is a small congregation. Um, you know, I think that add that to the, um, that layer as well as online, as well as, you know, um, there's a pandemic um, coming in new to a community and trying to build and establish relationships as we have done um, with people only through being able to have phone conversations or video conference conversations. And then I think of myself being this, basically like I'm the new person to the community. You're new, Anthony's new to the community, Carrie's new to the community. At our, the church we're serving right now, there's also a new assistant minister who came in at the same time as well. So there's four new 
ministerial people for the congregation. And I think about what it must be like for them who've been meeting online since last spring. And suddenly there's this new person who pops in and is like, hi, I'm welcoming you to Community Church of New York. And they're kind of like, but we are Community Church of New York. Who are you? <laughs> I mean, I, not that they, that's what they think, but I could imagine, I don't know what they think. It just seems like I, it gives me a lot of pause and a lot of things to really think about. Like, how do I establish myself with this community um, in these, this time? It just feels so, um, it's such a question mark for me. Yeah, and also talking about ministerial presence, it, I, I agree with you, it totally differs by geographical location, but I think there's also this element of how do I bring myself into my ministerial presence? Like, um, it would be an interesting question to think about what, what are we trying to gain by ministerial presence? Like, have each one of us answer that question. Um, but also another thing about being online is, I can see myself trying to have a ministerial presence. So um, I'm looking at myself and if I'm standing like this or like, like this, you know, that's probably not the ministerial presence I want to be, um, be giving. And then um, your cat Moxie was walking across the screen. So my cat will jump up on my lap once in a while and is that a good thing or is it a bad thing um what am i trying to get get and my minute what what ministerial presence i want to give in one moment is different than another so um there are spaces where i feel like a more casual ministerial presence is is okay um and yeah it's it's really ministerial presence i'm not exactly sure i know what it is but um, for me, it just seems like a way to say a bunch of words without saying a darn thing. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie, for just being so transparent about your own understanding and your own process. I, I would echo that as well. I think that because we are doing an internship and we are um, being supervised by a senior minister, by an intern subcommittee, and may that also be the whole congregation and maybe even people that log in for the first time or, you know, various times. I think that what, it, what is powerful and just meaningful, at least for me, is what is my understanding, right? And who am I in relationship with concepts like ministerial presence, ministry and doing an internship. Because as you mentioned, Megan, I think that we also have to be aware of institutional culture, culture identity, right? What is the Community Church of New York? Its histories, its people, its practices, right? And how for new people coming into this space in a time where people are more susceptible more emotionally heightened, right? And maybe even experiencing different dimensions of trauma are now trying to respond to four strangers coming in, right? And for example, what has been successful for me in this process is understanding that ministerial presence from my own understanding is that I am trying to show 
myself as authentic as I can in this particular context, space and time, which might be completely different than, it, as you mentioned, Megan, if I were in Pennsylvania or Minnesota or Boston or Oregon. Um, and I think that that, at least for our own knowing, is really important, right? That this is just a particular context that does not fully reflect um, ministerial presence for the rest of our life, but it's just a small window. Um, I really appreciate that perspective, Anthony. That's a small window and it's not, we're not like who, who we are as ministers right now doesn't mean this is gonna be who we are as ministers for the rest of our lives. And I think that's, that is really important. And we are interns, so we are learning and we're trying things out and we're being given the space to do that, which is amazing. And it's such a gift from the congregation. I think of my ministerial presence um, similarly um, to what you said, Anthony, is that it's about knowing myself and being authentically myself when I'm in relationship with people. And I find that for me, oh, there's two things that have been really helpful. One is uh, reaching out and inviting people to have conversations with me, um, explaining to them, like different members of the congregation, just saying, you know, I would love to get to know you better and give you an opportunity to get to know me better. Can we have a phone conversation? You know, avoiding the Zoom, another Zoom meeting where we have to look at ourselves and look at a screen, but let's, let, maybe we can talk on the phone. And that has been um, really helpful in terms of establishing um, uh, relationships, getting to know people and, and giving them an opportunity to get to know me. And luckily we go to a seminary that actually encourages us to do that as part of the program. So um, it was something that I knew I should do and then it became an assignment. And that really um, you know, gave me that extra nudge to feel like it was okay to do that kind of reaching out to people and ask them to, to talk with me. And then um, spiritual practices have been a big piece of it for me because even though I know it's culturally dependent, one thing I think of that I have noticed as a ministerial presence from ministers who I have known in the past is that they seem grounded, that they know, they, they are grounded in themselves, that they are centered, that they are um, willing to, they're really able to, to um, put themselves into a vulnerable space to offer up suggestions to be self-reflective, but coming at it from a grounded, self-confident, kind of like self-loving place that gives me the confidence that this person is working on their spiritual life. And when I feel that emanating from a minister, it's like, oh, they've got presence, you know, I, you, I don't know. There's just something about it that I have felt. And I think I'm starting to recognize a bit of where that comes from by being in seminary and being in practice and being really intentional about developing my own spiritual practices and getting centered each, each morning so that I go into my day from that centered and grounded place. When I uh, was, I, I agree with, with, with that for sure, the center, the centeredness, the, the, um, we're su supposedly representations of the divine, if that's what, um, the pe people in our, that we're ministering to believe in. And, um, I wrote when I, I took some notes knowing that we were going to talk about ministerial presence and I wrote, 
um, just conveying this sense of empowerment in the in the person I'm ministering to and also a loving accountability. Like I am I am as gently but as authentically calling others into their higher selves. And so that's but it's it's from an empowering way. It's like I know you want to be a better person. And I'm going to empower you to do that and also hold you accountable if if you do harm. So it's, it's all of that stuff. And just, hello, I'm your minister. You know, it's weird. It's a weird thing. That has been a really interesting thing for me go, coming from being a religious educator for 25 years to being an intern minister. I'm also still serving as a religious educator. And I really found my calling to the ministry from being at being a religious educator and the, I've noticed, I've worked at a couple of different congregations over these years. And um, when I came to work as the religious educator at First Unitarian Brooklyn, New York, there had been a minister in the position prior to me, um, minister of religious education. And so the congregation treats the position as though it is inhabited by a minister, regardless of whether or not that person is an ordained clergy person. It's just considered to be such an important ministry of the congregation, working with the faith formation for the lifespan for, you know, from babies up through the oldest member of the congregation, that I, it was like, I could suddenly see what that might look like for me as a religious educator to have a ministry because it was treated as such by the, by the whole community. And I, it just something clicked for me, like, oh, that's different from some of the ways that the position had been treated in other congregations that I had experienced. Not that they looked down on the religious educator or anything like that, but it wasn't that that position in that ministry wasn't held up as um, equal to, you know, adults worshiping on Sunday morning. Like that was always the number one thing is the most important thing is what is the experience of the adults on Sunday morning during worship? And um, that's very forward facing. That's what the visitors experience. You know, that's what that you, you use. Like some of them only come to worship once a week and that's the only experience they're going to have. So it's a very important piece. And then you might have this entire other um small to mid-sized congregation of children and youth and their parents and the young adults and you know all these people who are working on their faith formation and it's a so it tends to be a less seen uh, less noticed position and ministry within the church and being in a congregation that really you know really like respected that and saw it as a ministry was so eye-opening for me and it really encouraged me um, to see what it would feel like um, what it could look like to be a minister in that way. Thank you so much, Megan, for just um, bringing us back to almost the initial conversation and just ideas that we were talking about of like, what is ministry, right? And as a consequence, then what is ministerial presence? And it's just actually feeling yourself into the space, understanding the gifts, abilities, and talents that you have, right? And then how in this container that you're creating for the community as well as yourself allows for you to embody it in a way that is 
nurturing, that is caring and it's empowering people in their own unique self and identities. I know that we are also coming up to the end. So I would just love to tell the audience that again, this podcast was birthed, is being nurtured and is being cared by your emails, your feedback, your messages and the survey that you utilized to make this happen. I will share our email. Please let us know what's on your mind, what's on your heart, and what are some of the questions that you are maybe wrestling with so that we can also bring that into our conversation here, our podcast at ccny.org is the information that you can utilize and bridge to connect with us. Please don't shy away and just let us be in conversation. Yeah, we're really looking forward to a conversation that happens through email and social media at first and then building up to a live event with um, all of us and you together. Um, hopefully we'll be doing that in late May and continuing this um, continuing this conversation and deepening it as we go forward. Thank you for listening and for watching and for being part of this conversation with us. Bye everyone.